Welcome to Teaching Brute. Today's episode is all about summer homework. Oh no! Oh, that dreaded homework word. So, what we want to discuss is, should it happen? And if it needs to happen, then what should it actually be? So, we're going to start with this whole idea of, should we give homework homework? Which is a never-ending debate. And I readily admit one thing. I, there is a, bit, a fair bit of research on this topic, but it doesn't seem... There, there's been a pushback against homework in general. Especially this year, I've noticed a lot of articles on it. Yeah, I've noticed that too. So we're going to kind of, we're going to, not necessarily just going to focus on the idea of should there be homework or not, that's a whole different topic. A very but, long one. Yes, but there, it does kind of tie in. I think the bigger issue here is learning should be fun. Learning should be natural. Learning should be, learning should flow. But there are things that we need to make sure we keep up throughout the year that, uh, that shouldn't be lost all over the summer. Because it's a muscle memory thing. Yeah. And if you don't use the muscle, you lose it. Right. So, I mean, as a teacher, I, do, I don't believe in forcing a child to do work over the summer. In the same way that I don't like to be forced to do work over the summer. I like to have it, it's on my own self to do it. I mean, I'm an adult now. I don't have my parents forcing me to do stuff most of the time. Um, so, it's, it's an interesting debate. But I digress. I guess what I wonder about is, is there a threshold that it should apply to? So it's like, if, you have, if you're at one of those schools, it's a year-round school, and you've got you know, three, four weeks off, could you skip the homework at that point and only give it if your school has five or more weeks off? Is there a magic number, do you think? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's just about, it's to do, every child has their own level of burnout in the same way that every adult has the level of burnout. And, at the end of the school year, teachers are exhausted, kids are exhausted. So there needs to be the idea of relaxing and vacation. Um, so I think that there definitely needs to be time to to kind of give the child the time to move and play for days on end or explore. But there's also things that should not be lost. I mean, first and foremost, I would advocate that every child, just like every adult, should be reading every single day. Whether that's, you know, take a few minutes in the evenings, take a few minutes in the mornings, but 20 minutes, half hour a day, just like we do throughout the school year. It improves vocabulary, it improves how you think, it, just, it gives you a variety of things. Our school does a summer book checkout where kids can take out up to five or six books for the summer because we do advocate that you read every day. So I really think that shouldn't be lost. So. How would you make that more fun? Because you've got kids that, you know, through the school year, they go and they, they, they do the reading that they have to do. They fill out their reading logs and they hate reading. So how do you make it more fun if you're saying, oh, and by the way, you got to continue that through the summer? But that's just it. I mean, that's that's not a let not let's that's not a let's make it fun over the summer thing. That's a culture of reading. I mean, it's it's. It, reading shouldn't be laborious over the summer, just like it shouldn't be laborious over the school year. It should be something that is seen to be a form of relaxation and fun in general, not just over, like not just in the school year. So to me, it's that it's not that it should be more or less different over the summer. That it should just be part of your life. Period. Um, a lot of my adult friends just read for fun, read for relaxation, because they've instilled their their parents, their teachers have instilled that culture that reading is an enjoyable thing. So, yeah, I get it that we don't have, we, 
Not every school uses reading logs to begin with. But I, and I get that over the summer, no, you wouldn't have a reading log. You would remove that stress, that pressure. See, I know of schools that they actually assign the books that are supposed to be read over the summertime. So it's not the child's choice of which books they're reading. It's a, here's your list, go get them. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it should be ab advocated or pushed. It should be a suggestion. I wouldn't come back at the beginning of the school year next year and go, oh, did you read all these books? That forces it on the child. It is a time of relaxation. It is a time to kind of let your brain have some mellow out time. But make make reading part of that. You, you Let the kid find the books that they find fun, that they find interesting. Sometimes it's going to be your Guinness Book of World Records and your, and your non-fiction books about, you know, tanks and guns if you're, you know... It's going to be stuff like that, but you know what? Reading is reading. Get them, on, get them online and reading. Get them reading instruction manuals for Lego. Like, but reading, make reading part of the summer, and I think that's necessary. When I was growing up, I always participated in our city library's summer reading program, mm. and it was free choice. But they made you do different genres, so there was, and you always. There was a big map and you moved your piece along the map, sticky tack and all that. You got a certificate at the end of it if you completed. Um, and it was great because it actually forced me to choose some different genres. It, you know, I, I was competitive enough that I wanted to be able to finish, which meant that, you know, I just have to suck it up and read some of those boring nonfiction books. And I ended up finding stuff that I enjoyed. I mean, I, I, I think you advocate a good point there, which is you do, like, every, every student should be pushed out of their comfort zone a little bit in terms of, like, trying new things. Summer's a great time to try a new genre for a, for a child. You're gonna, it's going to be a hit-and-miss kind of thing. Make, get, get access to your public libraries and try different books and try different genres. And, if, you know, there's obviously going to be a, a bit of initial resistance from, from the child, but... Give it a try. On the days where they have a, they're having a boring day, they might pick up that book and give it a shot. And yeah, your rainy day may also help if mom or dad were sitting there with them. Yeah. Well, not only if mom and dad are sitting there with them, but if mom and dad are sitting there re reading a topic of a similar nature, um, and maybe mom and dad want to push themselves out of their comfort zones too, model it. So if mom and dad, a lot of adults don't have a good reading life. If you don't have a good reading life, maybe it's about time you get one. If you model it with your child, they're going to want to do it more. Also, if you uh, kind of are more advocating a, a push uh, out of your comfort zone, then push yourself out of your comfort zone. Try books that you wouldn't typically read. Try and find books of a genre that you might not necessarily like that you might actually be engaged in. And the more you model it, I'd say the more your child will want to do it too. In the same way the teachers model lessons and model reading, then the child will too. So that takes care of the reading stuff. What about all the other subjects? You know, the, I know maths teachers that prepare packets to send home. I know teachers that say, oh, it, they should be practicing their handwriting skills or their printing skills. Or there's Every teacher is going to say, oh, but my subject needs, you need to practice this. It's a, it's a muscle memory thing, too. And well, we don't want our kids to be in school all summer long. So, I mean, I think that... There, there's a balance there. You need to give every child a lot of playtime, and it's a lot of relaxation time. Give them time to be a kid and play and have fun and build and make. But I think there's also, yeah, I mean, you need to 
but I mean, you don't have to reinforce math skills through worksheets. It seems a bit old school to me to just to push worksheets over the summer. I mean, there's website, there's a lot of tech websites that'll help you out with that. Like Math Playground is a great one, or Cool Math Games. They're they're playing games, but they're reinforcing and relearning their math skills. Um, there's a modification on a game on Cool Math. Uh, that's a game twist on Bejeweled, the game where you shoot jewels and color sequences, and, but it's multiplication based and addition based, so it's really fun. Then you've got other other sites like um, Code.org, which reinforces a whole bunch of math skills: angles, distance, me- uh, just measurement in general, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. Yeah, they can reinforce those skills, but do it in a fun way. Do it through websites that are really engaging to them. Um, if you can email the folks over at Turtle Art and get a copy of the software, which is how they do it, um, get a copy of Turtle Art. Get them to create cool things in Turtle Art. Challenge themselves to make cool designs. Get that turtle moving. Kind of, because that'll reinforce logical sequences and it'll reinforce um, step-by-step methodology for for literacy. But it'll also reinforce tons of math skills as well. So there's also the old school day-to-day skills like taking your child grocery shopping. Yep. Having them deal with the money, having them figure out if there's enough, you know, of whatever in the grocery cart for that night's dinner. Or if you're going shopping for new school clothes, yes, I get it, some kids don't like that, but give them the charge of figuring out how much it's going to cost. Um, Let them choose, let them go up to the counter and pay for it. Give them the charge of their own day-to-day tasks. If they want to buy a new toy, be with them, but let them figure it out. Let them figure out how much it's going to cost. If you're in a place that adds tax to a price tag, get them to figure out how much it's going to cost with the tax. Now, I get it. That's going to be a bit higher than like a grade three, four skill, but yeah, it, 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 it'll work. Um, so those are all ways that we can reinforce learning. Art can be reinforced in many different ways. Turtle art is a great one to reinforce art concepts, spatial uh, movement, color, but drawing. Drawing is art class. It's fun. Let them go. Let them draw. Let them go outside and doodle. Let them sketch what's around them. Um, music. That's an easy one. Pay attention to the sounds around you. If you're in a big city, listen to the music popping out through shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buskers. The buskers. Busk- and listen to the buskers. Most big cities have a busker festival of some nature. Go down. Pay attention to the buskers. Hear what's going on. Uh, there's there's a lot of outdoor park park concerts like engage them in activities like that that though it doesn't seem like homework you're still reinforcing and ensuring that they get those skills for uh, you know in their head so what could teachers do to make it a bit more palatable and to help the parents out with ideas well I think we've touched on that a lot already it's to make it part of their engaging world music festivals make it part making it part of the daily routine the daily life um, I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, make it make it engage the technology. So, uh, websites like SketchUp, which creates 3D art, or Tinkercad. Um, they're both sites that are really engaging, reinforce tons of different concepts, especially if you're really looking at the uh, outcomes from various uh, various countries. There'll be tons of those reinforced through concepts like uh, through websites like SketchUp and Tinkercad, where they physically create and design things. And if you have a 3D printer or 3D printing program at your school, and they create stuff over the summer. Get them to show it to the design tech teacher and see what stuff can be printed out. I get it that it's expensive to do it, so I'm sure you know there's a bit of give and take there, but it's a good idea. Yeah, there could be contests. I know of one school that they've got um, 
a mask a school mascot and they've made plush little plush versions hmm. and those plush versions are going on vacation this year and the kids that they're going on vacation with need to take photos of them and send those photos back kind of like the concept of flat andy but flat stanley flat, flat, flat stanley right we had we had a flat andy at my at my school for a while so a flat stanley concept but with a plush toy oh that works um i mean there's also the idea of like if, there are, if you're going on vacation, take pictures. Like you just said, take pictures of where you are and use some photo apps or some photo programs in your, in your computer and manipulate and change and add and get them to figure out how a camera works. If they're in, like, if they're in grade, my goodness, probably year three and all, where they can figure out some basic stuff. But if they're a middle school student, get them engaged in photography. Mm-hmm. Well, it just certainly, I received my first camera when I was eight. Hey, me too. And, you know, it, it wasn't anything fantasy. It was... So a point and shoot of the day. Yep. And I had to buy film, and I had to figure out developing costs, and and I knew that I only got one shot. Yep. For, you know, it was I that, couldn't just redo it. That roll had twenty four or thirty six or twelve. Or twelve. Yes, I often had the twelve ones. They were cheaper. That way, I could buy the roll and get developing. I so the way to engage a kid over the summer is simple: make it part of their life. Make it fun, make it engaging, make it interesting. Don't, there's gonna be a lot of kids who wanna get on the screen a lot. It's a sunny day, the biggest summer homework you can give them, I'll go outside and play. If it's a rainy day, it's still fun to go outside, but no, I mean, I get it. So that's your time, maybe that's your day, maybe that's your time where you give them a bit more screen time than normal. Get them playing games. There is a book out there that I absolutely loved. It was put out by, one of the British government departments, actually, and it was called Things to Do Before You're 11 and 3 quarters. Mm. And it was geared at kids, and it's all about being outdoors. And it's some cool stuff, too. Um, so that's something. There's also, there's a whole bunch of other books out there for boys, for girls, for, you know, kids under 10 that you can pick up that have a whole bunch of suggested activities mm. that get them outside and moving. And if you're looking to kind of get rid of your kid for a week, there's also a whole bunch of, obviously there's a bunch of summer camps I'm sure most parents are aware of, but there's also some design tech and, and educational camps. MIT runs a design tech camp. Uh, New York State University, which one of, my, one of my kids in my class is going to, he's doing a, um, sca- a scratch summer camp. Um, so, I mean, look into this stuff. If, you're, if your kid's really engaged in programming, look into stuff like this. If you're in the States, albeit I've said, the only, the only examples that I know of are in the States right now. Like, take a look into it. See what your local universities and colleges are offering for kids and see what they've got around because there could be a lot of fun activities in there. Or plan a vacation. Mom and dad get to actually do some sightseeing and the kids at camp. Yep, it works. All right, so this is a shorter one for us today. Uh, enjoy your summers, folks. And uh, we'll see you in August. We'll see you in August.